It's Courtney, the host of the My Camp podcast. Welcome back. Um, I'm really excited today. We are actually going international um, to Venezuela to camp. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it the right way. Iguanas Educación al Ere, al Ere Libre, which translates to um, Iguanas Outdoor Education Center. So I'm really excited to welcome Simon Sambrano, he is not only the director of Iguanas Camp or Iguanas Educación al Aire Libre, but he it, it's, he is the founder. This is his baby. So I am so excited to welcome Simon. Welcome here. We're live here at the Girls HC. Welcome to my camp. Um, I am so excited to pick your brain and learn all about you and your own camp story and what inspired you to start your own um your own camp so please simon thank you corny thank you so much i'm gonna invite you so you can keep practicing that spanish because i would love to have you here uh we would love to have you for a, a couple of weeks or a season so you can join us and teach english to our students to our ah. participants campers uh, that would be great Thank you so much for having us here and your podcast, and we're ready to to jump into it. So tell me your, so what's your camp story? Like, did you, are you originally from Venezuela? Where are you from? Yeah, I'm from Venezuela. I went to camps, to, I don't know, uh, dozens of camps when I was a kid. Uh, I went to camp here in Venezuela. I also went to camp in the United States. So um, I, I knew a lot about camps, but then I had a gap for about three or four years where I didn't go to any camp. And then I was a counselor when I was studying medicine. I'm a medical doctor, actually. I'm a surgeon. So when I was in medical school, you know, a couple of friends said, hey, that, that would be great to be in a, in a summer camp. Let's go to the meetings. And I was, I just, I was just following them. Um, a lot of girls, you know, a lot of activities, a lot of fun. I said, like, yeah, let's, let's do that. And, and I found my passion there. So what's your, um, what's the culture, the camp culture like in Venezuela as compared to the camp culture here in the United States? It's big, it's a big culture. Uh, something interesting that happened in Venezuela is that about 25 years ago, uh, government, government offices and companies, large companies, uh, some of them, uh, you know, big corporations from the United States or Europe, they started to use uh, the camp experience as a fringe benefits for their employees. So yeah. what happened is uh, at the beginning, it was just for the elite. So only, you know, rich people get to go to camps in Venezuela or abroad. But then everybody was able to come to camp, which was fantastic. So uh, that happened around the year 2000, a little bit, uh, maybe 1996, 1997. And then everybody went to camp for about 20 years. Uh, so we had since 1996, 97, until 2017, 18, 2017, 2018, every kid in the country was, or most kids in the country were able to go to camp. So we had a huge camp culture, uh, not a school camps. These were, you know, summer camps. And um, it was amazing because anybody could go to camp because if their parents or, or their father or mother 
work in a company that has this as a fringe benefit, everybody could go. So that's, that, that was amazing. Um, and that happened until, uh, as I was saying, five or six years ago, when the economic crisis uh, hit us. And that's when it stopped. Now, it began a little bit uh, last, well, this year, this summer. It began a little bit. So we're getting, uh, we're not going to get back to the numbers we had in 2010, but it's getting better. So there is huge camp culture right now. Is it mostly like a day camp or do you do like an overnight? What's both? Both, both. Okay. both. Yeah, day camps, uh, overnight. Also, we have a tour, you know, like, like guided tours. So you get right. to go to two or three different places in one day. But it's a camp atmosphere with counselors, with, you know, games, songs, everybody having fun, but also learning and developing. So when you were work, when you were in medical school and you were working at the camp, what were you doing at the camp at the time? Were you working in like the health center or were you a counselor actually working with the kids? No, I was a counselor full time. Um, I was with the kids uh, and I got, fortunately, I got training in an overnight camp. So I got to go my, my first season or my first uh, experience as a, as a counselor was a three week commitment with the same kids. So I got to sleep with them, lead them during the day you know, all the activities. And I used to lead most activities, uh, only a couple of them that were with the specialists, our instructors. So I, I got a great experience. I had a fantastic opportunity with these kids with whom some of them I still, uh, I'm still in touch right now. And they have, one of them has a distillery in Cambodia, which is amazing. The first rum distillery in Cambodia. Um, another one, had a great opportunity to work with, uh, sorry, to study in the U.S. in Swarmore College in Pennsylvania. So he got with a friend of his. And when I was a, a medical doctor in the jungle, he sent this guy with me. And he, then he developed, you know, like a, a social responsibility program. So we brought like 20 or 30 Swarmore College students in about seven years. And we got students from Bodowin College and, uh, well, like eight or nine universities in the United States. Uh, so I still, I'm still in contact with my, with my initial campers. And yes, I, I was a counselor. And I know that one of the things that inspired you um, to start your own camping program was, um, and I'm taking this from quotes, was to understand the connections that participants develop at camping environments. And I really love that because, um, you know, that, that's, that, that's like universal among all camps, right? Whether you're at a day camp or at an overnight or in Venezuela or in Northeastern Pennsylvania, it is that camp culture, that connection between participants. You know, I didn't really go away to camp as a kid. I work at a camp now um, as an adult and I bring my kids, but those, you know, those connections that I make with my friends and then seeing it, you know, be firsthand from my own children is like so special. So you wanting to understand this connection um, was the inspiration behind starting your uh, Iguanas camp. But um, oh, I, oh, I lost my train of thought. So to start the um, Iguanas camp, but were you also fulfilling a need in the community? Like what were those like inspiring things that you were, you know, the needs that you were fulfilling to start camp, Iguanas camp? Uh, well, yeah, that's, 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 I wanted to make a joke, but I think it's not, not the, the right time for a joke, but uh, we began Iwanas. Um, Iwanas camp is, is my second camp. Uh, I started a, a first one. Um, it was very successful, the first one. 
but I was in medical school, so I had to, to, to kind of close it up. Right. And then my wife, um, she's, a, she's a teacher, and she said, okay, I'm going to help you with this idea, only if it's educational. <clears throat> so we developed it as, as an outdoor education, more than a camp, but it's still a camp. Um, and we started to develop activities and games and, you know, opportunities for children to find vocations, to find um, new skills, to develop new skills, to find opportunities and to connect, especially connect with other people. And there is a good friend of mine who says always a connection before content. And that's what we do. We, we work with the connection before the content. I wrote that down. I wrote that down. I was going through your Instagram and I was looking at the training that you do for teachers. And I was like, con connection before content. I thought those are wise words. So I'm sorry to interrupt, but go ahead. Yeah. And that's, that's what we do right now. We work with this and, and we support schools, universities, uh, families, communities. We, for about 10 years, were mostly based with social responsibility programs. So what happened is companies, big companies paid for us to bring kids to camp, their own kids, I mean, their employees' kids and the communities surrounding them or any other kids who wanted to come to camp. So we were able to do this for free, which was amazing uh, for the families and for the kids for about 10 years uh, until the, the crisis hit. And, and we were able to take them on trips, um, study tours, uh, bring them to the jungle, bring them into uh, amazing places to study animals, to take photographs, to develop community building. Um, so so that's, that's the basis of Iwanas. And we still do it. We still support this. We were able to go to China in 2016 and start supporting um, another organization in China that is called My Growth or MG Camp, MG from My Growth. And MG Camp was pretty similar to Iguanas because we provided the basis for it. And, uh, and the great thing is because in China, you still have kids who are only childs of only, or parents who are only childs and, and grandsons and granddaughters of only childs. So there are no uncles, no cousins. And, and having this camp environment was amazing for them. It's still amazing for them because they get to connect in a way they haven't before. Whereas in the US and Latin America, we got these huge families and we were used to connect with, with, with the standard family. But this is not the same in China. So, so it was amazing to bring this opportunity there and listen to the parents and see the kids' faces and having them come back next year and say, oh, you know, I learned this and that and I have need these new opportunities communicating with my friends and having this, this and that. So, so that's, and we, keep, we keep getting fuel by these opportunities. So oh, it's interesting things you don't even think about, you know, challenges or needs in other countries like China, where you have these single children and, you know, here in the, in the States, you're like, oh, we want to get our kids into preschool so they can socialize and they can do this, even though they have siblings at home, but you have Wow, there is a there is a need there. So that's you really are providing an important important um, service there, because you, know, you see on you know maybe the stereotype is the education system in China seems to be so regimented um, that then to be able to have this time where they can 
make those connections and um, those relate develop those relationships between those the, the campers. So that's I, just you don't even think actually, about. Actually, you, you hit a button uh, because some of the kids they say, "Oh, I love it here," but next week I have to go to math camp or I have to go, go to computer camp. But I'm coming back in two weeks, so no worries. And 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 they came back and it was amazing because the parents say, "Oh." She loved it. He loved it. Uh, he learned this and that. And he went to computer camp and then he was amazing in computer camp. He got connected. He wanted to go out. He wanted to play under the sun. He sat on the floor, whereas before he didn't want to sit on the floor. So this kind of stuff that happens at camp is pretty much what we were able to deliver in China. So we really loved that, that experience. Uh, it was running fantastic until the pandemic hit. Uh, but but we're gonna get back in some time there. Uh, so so it, it was amazing, and it's been amazing coming from the pandemic. Also here in Venezuela, we love having the kids at camp and enjoying and connecting. Um, the, especially the younger kids who uh, they were in in you know isolated at home using a face mask for so long that being at camp in 2021 and. And 2022 has been an amazing experience for them. Thank God, right? Oh my gosh. So tell me now about your programs. So I'm going to ask a stupid question. You are in what season right now in Venezuela? We, we are in fall, heading into winter. So is it, where, what are you? We, we have one season. No, just kidding. Right, we have right. two. I mean, I'm we in Florida. Rain. I'm in Florida, so we do too. No, no, we have rainy and dry. But okay. in the end, it's pretty much the same here right. because we're very close to the Amazon. Uh, and to the Ecuador and Equator. And we are very, you know, especially in the city where we are right now, it's very humid. Uh, it's, it's year round, pretty much the same weather. So we get to run camps every year, every day of the year uh, with schools, as I was saying, with families. This weekend, we had a camp with the family. And it's what we call the birthday camp. So they come for a birthday party, but they spend the whole day or the whole weekend with us at camp and we do camp activities. So it's amazing. Uh, usually small groups, 20, 25, but we really love it because this is still a camp and the kids get to connect and they get to go to the zip line, you know, go to right. um, play some nerf, uh, football, they play icebreakers, you know, we do rallies and, and it's a pretty much a camp environment. Do you have your own facility? What's your facility like? We do have a facility. Uh, we rent it, uh, but but is is our uh, home base. But we also go to other camps and we rent other other spaces based on the needs of the groups. So if a school asks us, hey, I would like to see this, this, and that, we rent out a place and we offer them like we have this and that. We have these these um, um, different different choices. So, so you our facility create like. Go ahead. Yep. No, I was going to say, so then you create like a custom program for, yeah. like you said, based on the needs, whatever the school, the, the corporate company wants, you'll create a custom program. Yeah. Every program is customized to uh, our, our clients or consumers' needs, especially the, the age of kids and their interest. So in our facility, in our, in our base, we have uh, most sports. It's, it's like a sporty camp, but it's not all sports. Uh, because it's not a sports camp. It's, it's right. a social emotional learning camp. It's where you go out and, and discover opportunities and where you discover your own skills um, or develop these skills. So we have like 60 different activities and we adapt these activities to everything that we do. 
Uh, it's an amazing place. It's, it's a great place to, uh, because it's, it's kind of green in the middle of the city, the largest city in Venezuela, seven, eight million people. And we are in the heart of the city. So parents just drop their kids. It's like an urban camp. And they leave. Uh, we do some, um, we don't have that many hikes because it's a small place, it's six right. hectares. But we do have football, baseball, paintball, uh, nerf. We have climbing, zip line. We have bumper balls, uh, archery, so uh, water rockets. Um, so we have a lot of activities, crafts as well. Uh, we are very close. So parents coming back from the pandemic, they were not, you know, scarce or, or scared or anything like that. We do mostly day camps, but we also do overnight camps. Uh, we, we camp. If we are going to do overnight camps, we camp there. So we have the tents and we have the sleeping bags, you know, all this stuff. And it's great for them. Um, and the parents feel safe because we're very, very close to this. Well, we are in the city. We're not very close to the city, in the city. I love that urban and urban camp, you know, most of the people that I, you know, interview, it's either like a residential. So it's, you know, out in the, in the woods or the big open fields, but to be able to provide that service, even to the, to the parents. And I know you really, um, on your Instagram and, and the way you market your programs is it's like, we're all outside 100% screen free, you know, and, and it just, you're really giving them such, it's looks like, so much fun. So what, what's a typical day like at Iguanas camp, at a day camp, if you were coming um, on school break and you're being dropped off, what's the day like? Well, it usually begins early at 8 a.m. Uh, there are some parents because they work far away. They come at 7. We don't charge anything extra for that. But we're ready at 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, parents start dropping off their kids uh, between 6 and 16 years old. And uh, we are very popular with teenagers, which is usually oh. not so, not so, usually teenagers, they don't really like these kind of camps, but because we work with them and we really know how to talk to teenagers and empower them, they really love coming. In Halloween, we had like 20 teenagers. It was amazing. So uh, they dropped them at 7.30, 8. Uh, then we have, you know, small games and activities while they're dropping off. And then we had, down to the to the dining room and we have breakfast which is something interesting because most day camps they don't have breakfast here in caracas but because we have breakfast they just the kids can wake from the bed put a shirt on brush their teeth and there they can just drop them off with us so, and you know what's what just interrupt real quick is that part of those connections at least at camp is that eating meals together yeah. right you know when i'm at camp i'm eating i eat 150 meals with the same five people and it's that just act of like breaking bread um is is bonding so to be able to provide that at breakfast and start that bonding is just incredible so okay after breakfast what do you do definitely now? definitely having meals is the most important thing is the big difference from school right. and, and i think that's that's amazing and then well we we do serve family style so everybody gets to sit around the table and they go uh, eating and they, they eat like a family. We have groups of eight to 10 kids with one or two counselors. It depends on the age. And then we begin with the program. Usually the morning has, you know, the most, the more adventurous activities uh, like climbing, like um, uh, hiking, uh, camping, baseball, etc. And then usually at midday we have water games because it's, it's sometimes too hot here. So... We have some water games so we can refresh. And then we head down 
to the dining room again uh, to have lunch. Lunch usually have uh, free activity during lunch, which is like a, it may be a play or it may be an interactive activity or a game or a challenge. So we usually have five to 10 minutes um, activity before lunch. So some of the kids start waiting for that activity every day. And then we, uh, after lunch, we have the one hour, which is, don't tell anyone, it's just half an hour, maybe <laughs> 20 minutes. But it's the one hour where they are out to go free in the camp, of course, under supervision, but uh, they can do whatever they want. So they can ask for a ball, they can ask for a Frisbee, they can go, we have a pyramid, which is made of, of pipes. So it's amazing because they can climb up. Uh, so they can go to the pyramid and climb. Uh, so it's their free time, you know, like in school. And at 2 to 30, we get back to the activities. Uh, we may have some elective activities in the afternoon or general games. Elective are a little longer, let's say an hour and a half, two hours. And they get to go to the carpentry or they get to go to arts and craft. Um, they can go to golf. So they have like, you know, an activity that is longer. It's like a workshop and they get to learn a little bit more and they ask for this activity. So what we do, our coordinators or, or program director, she asks like, okay, let's see, what do you want to do? This is the list of activities. You have like 10 activities which ones you want for the afternoon. So she picks up the five or six more popular. And these are the ones that we open for the afternoon. We know this information previously for one or two or two days before. And then they go to these activities and usually we finish the afternoon with a general game. Uh, these general games can be anything like capture the flag or it can be paintball or it can be um, wet dragons, you know, large, activities and then we have some snack or uh, usually sweet uh, and then we with the parents pick them up at 5 36 p.m that's that's a day camp okay if if we are sleeping um it's pretty much the same but in the afternoon uh, we have some activities that last till six seven then we we take a shower we eat dinner and then we have night activities which are amazing as well and if we're camping we set up tents, you know, we cook, the kids cook, and we have the, you know, the night experience. It can be the bonfire, uh, or, or it can be um, watching the stars. Uh, we do some games, some, you know. Uh, muchos s'mores, muchos s'mores. Muchos s'mores sometimes, because, you know, s'mores, they can be a little heavy on the, on the belly. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> So is there a favorite, is there a favorite activity where the kids that are coming back, you know, time after time that they look forward to the most? What's, what, what's the thing? It's the same one all around the world, Gagaball. Yeah. Okay. Gagaball. <laughs> but we also have, you know, we have dodgeball with okay. mud. So mud dodgeball is also very popular. Well, I'll have to look that up. I don't know that oh, one. Oh, no, no. They love it. They love okay. it. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, paintball and Nerf are very popular. Bumper balls is very popular. Archery this year was very popular. Um, but we change activities every year. There, there is not always all the activities are open. And we also have theme activities or theme weeks. So our eight weeks during the summer are themed. So this year we had uh, Olympics. We had uh, Wild West. The Wild West was amazing. <coughs> we had um, 
Extreme Week, which is all stream sports. So they come, we have mystery. This year we had the mystery week, which was very popular. All the spots were filled and the kids choose. Like, I want to go to the mystery. I want to know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. How many kids can you serve at one time? Uh, we usually serve up to 120 in this facility. We don't like to, we can, we can serve 500, but we don't want to go there. We, we right. are a small camp and we want to be able to supervise the kids. Uh, we can run two or three programs at the same time, but not over 120. Okay, so that's 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 our top number. Uh, we used to run like 500, 600, but we decided that's not where we want to go. That's not the camp, the kind of camp we want to be. Is there a favorite meal, favorite lunch? Mm, you know, well, all of our food is very is very popular. Okay. We love it. Our cook is she's amazing. And they really like nuggets, you know, right. uh, and, their, and, and their French fries. But we have a lot of different things. Do you throw uh, in a lot of like um, more like Venezuelan ethnic foods? I know my, my husband's oh. Puerto Rican and, um, you know, his I, I feel like that's they, they cook a lot of Puerto Rican food. So do you eat a lot? What would be um, a popular Venezuelan dish that we might not know? About? Well, we have pabellón, which is our national dish. Uh, it has white rice, you know, black beans. It has shredded meat and it has uh, fried plantains. Mm. Uh, so it's an amazing meal. Uh, they love that. They love uh, arroz con pollo, which is, is rice, rice with chicken, but, you know, spicy and with some uh, flavor. It's, it's amazing. Um, we also do a lot of meatballs, you know, not, not a spaghetti and meatballs. We can have a spaghetti and meatballs, but meatballs with fried plantains, white rice. So these are kind of typical foods in Venezuela. We also have hamburgers, hot dogs, right, pizza. Right. Um, they're kids, they're kids. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and, and it's their vacations. Right. So we have to, we have to be, you know, um, we have to pamper them. Pamper, is that the right word? I'm not sure. Uh, you, uh, pamper, we don't, maybe not pamper, but I, we want to be, um, you know, cognizant of what they want. They're there, we're there to give them a good time, right? It's for we do yeah. we go to camp and we work at camp for the kids. You know, it's oh for myself too, but uh, but really it's for the kids. So yeah, you gotta you can't have uh, arroz con pollo every day, right? They want pizza no. and nuggets and yeah, yeah, and they and they love having this you know this home meal cooks uh, cook, but but sometimes they want something different so yeah we we just comply and and we are happy we don't we don't provide any sodas we don't we don't give them we give them some candy but you know limited amounts uh we provide fruits every morning uh they love fruits so we have like two different things like we have oranges and mandarins and we have um bananas you know these kind of fruits you can you can eat whole apples and stuff and we also have, you know, fruits that you need to cut, like uh, papaya and um, uh, pineapples and stuff. So every, we change every day, so they get to have different things every two days. So what's the future for Iguanas Educación El Aire Libre? Well, we, we, are, we, we are in talks with Elon Musk about setting up a camp in Mars. No, no just kidding. Um, <laughs> we are... Um, where we're expanding this year, we want to have two facilities at the same time as we used to have like three at the same time. Uh, we're going back to long overnight camps this year. 
which is not new, it's something that we already did, uh, but, but we're just going back after the pandemic because the parents were a little concerned. Um, we are working with the studio tours and we wanna go back to those times when we send kids overseas. So perhaps, you know, to Cambridge or to Cambridge mean in the, in the US, in the Boston area, or go to Silicon Valley, bring some kids there, see the technology, but also being outdoors. Um, that's, that's part of the plans for the future. We're trying to connect opportunities for uh, teenagers and what's happening after school. Um, we also, well, we're trying to set up different facilities or locations in the country. So maybe in a, in a year's time or two years, we're going to be three or four camps at the same time, but it's still small camps, 100, right. 120 kids. Right. Really be able to give them that personal hands-on, yes. um, you know, it becomes a big animal, you know, a, a bigger thing to manage. So Simon, I just want to thank you so much for joining me today. It was wonderful to hear your story, learn about Iguanas Educación al Aire Libre, also known as Iguanas Camp and Iguanas Outdoor Education. And I, um, one of the things I wanted to mention before we close it is that um, I really love what you guys are doing in terms of like teacher training, my backgrounds in education. So, you know, you mentioned that um, connection before content, but I was looking back on your Instagram and the workshops that you're doing with the teachers and in, in, in just supporting education in Venezuela. I know you guys have been have political challenges as well as economic challenges over the last decade. So education is so important and so key. So I think that, and you said your wife is a teacher, correct? Yes, she's a teacher. She's, she's our program director. So she runs uh, most of the activities and she has, you know, these great ideas. And I forgot a couple of things. One thing yeah, tell me. We, we have in 2023, we have the International Camping Congress in Tarragona, in, close to Barcelona in Spain. Uh, so I would love to invite everyone who wants to join us there. We usually have 20, 30 American camps. We have 20, 30 Canadian camps. We have like 100 uh, Russian camps. We about 100 Chinese camps. So we get camps from all over in the world, Africa, South America, Central America. We get um, Australia, of course, Thailand. We got camps from Mongolia as well coming. So it will be great to, join, to have a lot of people a lot of international flavor in 2023, in, in October, uh, in the International Camping Congress. It's going to be the 11th uh, International Camping Congress. So we hope it's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. We haven't seen each other since 2017 because of the pandemic. Um, and that's part of the future as well. We're part of the ICF, the International Camping Fellowship. There are about 4,000 members in the ICF. There are about 100,000 camps around the world. So we are 96,000 camps short of <laughs> having everyone join us. Um, but it's interesting how you get camps from all over the world. Chile, Uruguay, Mexico. Um, as I was saying, Africa, we had camps from different countries in Africa, which is amazing because uh, Uganda, for example, is, is, is one of our members. So we get to know what's happening there. And also all Southeast Asia uh, and of course Europe. So we get to understand a little bit of what everybody's doing all around the world. Wow, you know, everybody's needs, children's needs across the, the, the world are so different, but yet 
all for the same goal, right? You're meeting these different needs all to create that connection, all to create that those relationships and provide these kids with, it's the same goal. You just have different means to get there because of the needs of the kids. So Simon, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it was such a pleasure learning more about Iguana's camp, and uh, I might have to look into coming down during a season and teaching some what English. Mi, uh, my, mi esposo es puertorriqueño, so yo hablo un poquito español. Um, so I grew up in Miami, too. It sounds fantastic. Uh, te entendí perfectamente. Muchas gracias, mi amigo nuevo. <laughs> All right, guys. Also, um, thank you for joining us on my camp. If you, we are really excited to announce that on the Happy Camper Live website, we now have a section called Happy Camper Vivo. And the goal of Happy Camper Vivo is to help or teach English to Spanish speakers through um, an online summer camp experience. So check out Camp Happy Camper Vivo, which is now live on the Happy Camper Live website. And if you want to hear more podcasts and listen to more about my camp, your camp, all our camps, you can listen to our podcast um, where you listen to your podcasts on our YouTube channel, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. So check them out. Check us out. We have one full season um, under our belts. And um, I hope you join us again at my camp. I'll save us more for you. Take a moment to shine.